Today's first scripture reading comes from Matthew 5, verses 1 to 12, and can be found on pages 968 to 969 of the Pew Bibles. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Today's second scripture reading comes from Psalm 1, verses 1 to 6, and can be found on page 543 of the Pew Bibles. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning to each one of you. 
Yes, it's still morning. My body is on some time zone between here and Minnesota. It has not adjusted fully. It thinks four in the morning is a good time to go to sleep. And it thinks sleeping late in the morning is the way to go. But anyway, we're very pleased, Lois and myself, to be back with you for this time. And uh, we're thankful as well for you praying for us, uh, particularly for Lois, as she contracted pneumonia a few days after we arrived in the States. And uh, all of the physicians initially thought she had COVID, of course, and she tested negative, negative, and then finally they said, wait. Anyway, long and short, after a series of antibiotics and your prayers, we're very thankful that she's better. So thank you for being concerned for us. Um, In these next days and weeks that we are here, as we are here, you know, as you as a church are in this pastoral search process, looking really for the person whom God is preparing. Because you want that person who God has prepared for you. If Lois and I could tell you our life story, we would talk about 35 years in missions that God began to teach us how to live in an international community. And that has been so important since we came. And then we would have to tell you about 13 years of pastoring and developing a church. And that was so important before we came. I know you look and say, well, we just got an old geezer. But we look at it from the other side and say, but look how God has prepared us to be here, not forever, but for this short period of transition time from where you were to where God wants you to take you to where he has planned for you. And a key thing about that is now asking God to raise up and uh, bring forward very clearly that person whom he has been preparing and I believe that with all my heart that that is what God would desire. So we're thankful we're here and uh, you just with me pray that God raises that person up, blesses the pastoral search committee and gives them insight and divine direction. Now in the next weeks in September and October I want to do a series of sermons on this statement of faith. And we're going to study for a few weeks God. And the reason I think this is so important is because what I have found in the last years of my life, people's understanding of God, people's concept of who God is, has begun to move. Of course, with every generation, We redefine, we re-examine, we re-look at. But, you know, God is revealing himself to each and every one of us. And I think in 2022, therefore, it's very important that we take just a moment, and in this case, a few weeks of short time to look together as a congregation at, at God Almighty, at God the Father, at God the Son, at God the Holy Spirit, and then look at sin and salvation, and look at the church and Jesus' return. And so I'd ask you to uh, prayerfully join in that time when you're also thinking that in, uh, during these times we'd have a couple sessions after church 
with coffee and whatever, where we could just discuss how that is relevant for us in 2022, what we're learning about God. So I look forward to those times with you. Now, today, though, I wanted us, before we go there, to look at Psalm number 1. And in Psalm number 1, God is giving a definition by describing what he says is a person who is blessed. A person who is blessed of God. That one can identify that God is a part of their life. You see, I, I, as I was thinking about this psalm, I thought, well, it's quite evident, isn't it, what he says? Yes, it is in one sense. But then I was listening as we were in the States to the evening news. And... Uh, as I listened, I think there came, uh, the man was interviewing a very successful athlete. And it was interesting as he talked about the athlete and his team and what opportunities he'd had in life. As the man responded to the question, it was very interesting. He said, yes, this has happened and that has happened. And then he used this amazing little phrase. He said, and I have been immensely blessed. And I thought, oh, good for him. I don't know about his sport, but I think he's a a person who believes in God. And he, in his way, has just brought God into his conversation. I thought, oh, that's what we think about blessed, isn't it? If we were playing soccer, oh, there I am. And the ball comes and boom, into the net. Ah, blessed. Or I just have a great financial deal. Or I am healthy. But then the very next night, I was listening to the news again. And at that point, just not to the immensity that Pakistan just experienced of this flooding. But there they also had floods and, and, and whole towns were literally taken out. And people, and they were interviewing a person and, and about this and asking, how are you doing? And it was very interesting. And then they panoramic the view of the camera and they showed their home which was crashed and gone and the neighborhood which was just deep in water and mud and slime. And the man said almost tearfully, you know, everything I have to work for is gone. And then he stopped and said, you know, but my wife and my kids, they're okay. And then he used this incredible term, oh, we are blessed blessed here and blessed here. Both incredibly true. You see, it seems that word blessed means somehow one is linking the uh, working of God. Visibly, tangibly, experientially within our lives. And you see, sometimes I begin to think in 2022 we have kind of redefined bless. That it only means one thing, everything goes well. But in the Bible, that idea of being blessed is somehow God the eternal, God the real, God the almighty, God the savior being involved in our lives and we acknowledging it, that he is real. And so, we read in our first Bible reading today, how Jesus defined bless. As he preached, listen to what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit. 
those who realize I don't have it together. I need God. Oh, he says, you're blessed. Wow. Then he goes on, blessed are they who mourn. Wow. That moment when grief takes over and you realize, oh, it's beyond what I can control. If I could change it, I would, but here I am. He said, blessed are they, for they will be comforted at that moment that God comes and helps. I'm not saying that takes away the pain or the sorrow. No, no, no. But that the reality that there is an eternity is so important. And then as he goes on, blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. And see how he relates that to a relationship with God. And finally, those last verses, even when a person is persecuted for the sake of righteousness, he says, blessed for you, to you comes the kingdom of heaven. This idea of blessed being that which links us tangibly, understandably, that in our minds and in our hearts, we understand, yes, God. It may not be exactly as I had thought nor anticipated, but it is God. So, with that in mind, let's look at these scriptures that we chose today of Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who walks, or does not walk, actually, sorry. Because one of the things you find in the structure of the psalm, as he defines and describes, look how he does it. In verse 1, he's going to describe what a blessed person does not do. Have you ever wondered why the Bible says you don't do the not part of it? And he's very clear, isn't it? Very frequently, you do this because we don't do this. We choose that because we have to let go of this. And so, here he describes in verse 1, what a blessed man does not do. And then in verse 2, he's going to describe what a blessed man or person does. And then in verse 3, who or what he is. And so he uses that contrast. And let's just look for a moment at what the person then does not do. He said is one who does not walk in the counsel or in the step or in the place that the wicked walk. And then the second idea, nor or, de, or he does not stand in the way that sinners take. And he does not, thirdly, sit or take a seat in those who are mockers or with those in the company of mockers or in those who are scoffers. I find that very interesting. You see, immediately what the writer here, as God's Spirit has inspired him, seems to be indicating and describing to us is it is that spiritual position that one takes between one is walking. In other words, that is where we live our lives. That which influences our lives, we are standing. That is where we kind of come in our mind to 
this is where I identify myself. And then we are seated. That is where I have taken my stand. And I say, this I believe and this I do not. I found it's interesting that there is a progression. You walk. Eventually one stands. And then we are seated. And in that is an incredible thing to me. He says, this is what one who is blessed, who has that relationship with God. We do not find ourselves or we should not find ourselves in these positions where those who are wicked or those, it says, who are the equivalent of evil or those, basically the word wicked, meaning those who are going to come under the judgment of God. They are not the ones influencing one's life. You see, true belief, that doesn't mean we go and live our lives in a monastery or we don't escape. If someone does that, I'm not criticizing them. But for us who are here this morning, that means in the life we live, in the jobs we have, in the family and community we have, we must then look at Who is influencing us? Where are we in our spiritual lives, in our heart, our mind, our souls? Where are we walking? And with whom are we walking? And then with, where do we take our stand? So he says, these are things which those who are blessed of God have that relationship, do not do. But then look, he compares and contrasts in verse 2, but what they do do is they delight in the law of the, of the Lord or the law of Jehovah or the word of Jehovah. In other words, they delight that personal heart sense. You see, delight is not something we do in our mind, is it? Delight is what we do here in the depth of our emotion. And ah, oh, we love that. And what he's saying is, okay, rather than being influenced by that, with whom I walk. My mind is touched deeply by God's word. And then he goes on and says, and not only that, but he meditates. His mind and his heart are put on the word day and night. In other words, that is what shapes what we believe is true. That is what influences us. That is where our values come from. So, He says that, so you walk, you stand, and you sit. Could I ask you just a personal question? If you took a millisecond in your mind and heart to review this last week, where did you walk spiritually? What influencers made you do what you did? Where did you stand Where did you say, I identify myself with this or with them? Where did you sit saying, this choice I have made? And then he says, the reason that's important, he says, is then he goes on and says, you walk, you stand, you sit. And he says, but I want to tell you, The person blessed of God is like a tree that is planted by the streams of water or the source of nourishment. 
and he bears fruit in the right season. His leaves do not turn from being green. And he says he is blessed in all that he does or that he succeeds in that which he does. Look what it says. He then prospers in all he does. Now, I don't think that is a gospel of health, wealth, and whatever else. No. But what he's saying is that person acknowledges God is with me. And we see that. You see, the question moves from walking to standing to sitting. And God's answer seems to be he plants us. Now, you live in Switzerland. I don't think you understand the idea of planting. Because everything grows here so absolutely beautiful. I have never lived in a city with so many flowers and blooms. In the spring, it's a challenge because I have hay fever. And I I know you have pollens here I've never experienced anywhere else in the world. But you see, I come when I was a child, grew up in South Dakota. And South Dakota is every tree... Not every tree. There are a handful of trees who by a seldom river grew or by a seldom lake grew. But every other tree has been planted. Some farmer put a belt of trees around his homestead to keep the wind from blowing it away. Or the cities planted trees to keep the snow as it blew from the west on Monday and blew on the east from Tuesday to stop it and allow it to melt. Everyone was planted. And so when you look at that, they ah, someone chose because of a reason. Here the writer is saying, and God takes you and me, and he plants us. Wow. Have you been consciously aware of God planting you? That you might receive that nourishment, he says, just like you would plant where there is water, where there is nourishment for the tree with a purpose that a tree then bears fruit, just as in our own lives. And we look at that and say, wow. And why does he say that? Because you see, he says, because they bear the fruit, they don't dry up, they stay alive. And wow, if we take all these examples he's using and move them into our spiritual life, we realize God plants us with the idea of then nourishing our souls, but also in a place for us to stay alive, even when some days we struggle and we think, is this working? But God and his blessing. Well, and why he contrasts that so very much is in the final four verses, the first three verses are written about the person who is blessed of God, how he is described, how that one does what he is. And then verses 4, 5, and 6, he describes the other, the wicked. He says, first they are not so, they are like chaff. So instead of being planted, instead of having the nourishment of God through his word, through God interacting in our lives, coming into our minds, into our hearts, into our soul, he says, like chaff. I remember one of the first countries I lived in after uh, coming to to this part of the world, I remember seeing people who at that time 
did their harvest by, by walking horses or camels or whatever animal they had over where they had spread it on the ground. And then they would throw the kernels up into the air and the wind would blow away the chaff. That which was strong and the seed, the fruit fell down. The rest blew away. When I was in university, one of my summers, I worked for a combining crew in the middle part of America. We started in Oklahoma harvesting wheat and just traveled north with the harvest. And I remember standing on top of this big machine, driving it and harvesting wheat. And if you turned at that time, they were pretty primitive machines. Today they have air-conditioned cabins and ah, nothing like when we were young. But I remember turning with the wind blowing behind us and all of everything that was going out of the end of the combine, the threshing machine, came around me. And I don't think I have ever felt so covered with whatever. That was the chaff, you see. What he's saying is the wind of life can blow you and move your life rather than you sensing you are in control or God's demonstrating his control. The chaff, the wind is blowing us. Wow. If that describes our life. What he's saying there, he says, they, the wicked, are not like that one who's planted by God. The wind is going to drive it away. And then he says, look at this. He, in verse 5, he says, the wicked will not stand. You see, they don't, you choose where you stand. He says, because at the end of time, he says, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. It isn't that God says, well, it's okay. It doesn't really make any difference what you believed. You were sincere. That's all right. No, 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 no. That is why Jesus came. We're going to study in a few weeks that the way God expresses himself to us, the way he shows his love to us, the way he shows his concern is God the Son came. He gave his life for you and for me. And he says the only way we stand, he says they will not be in the way of the righteous. You see, the Bible in the New Testament, there are only two groups of people really in the world. Those who believe and those who do not. And he brings us to that very solemn thing, the very solemn idea. Now, but I take great hope out of verse 6. For the Lord, Jehovah, this Yahweh God knows the way of the righteous. How do we know? Well, what do we do with this? It seems like he's just telling us, well, don't do this. Don't walk here. Don't stand here. Don't sit there. And, and I don't know about you, but I come from a generation who didn't like people telling me no. We're at university in my age. They, if they could sit in the chair of the of the director of the university, that was thought to be good. Of course, they paid the price. But sometimes in our religion, in our faith, we sometimes come to the place where we think, oh, I cannot bear another no. And as I was thinking about that, I remembered a book I read many years ago, written by a Chinese Christian person, Uh, The English translation or paraphrase of his name is Watchman 
knee. He spent quite a bit of time actually in England in between the wars. And I did visit some people in churches there that he helped prosper. He wrote a book about the uh, New Testament book of Ephesians. Something like a commentary. His ideas, his thoughts. I always remember the title. You know what the title was or is? It's the same as these three words the writer of Psalms has written to us. Sit, walk, stand. Because he believed that that was the main concept in the book of Ephesians. So we are asking ourselves, if God says we don't do this, and we don't do this, and we don't do this, and we're like this, we're planted like a tree of water by the streams of water, we should be bearing fruit, but we look at our lives and say, but it's not enough. What has God given us? Listen to what the book of Ephesians, sit, walk, stand, tells us. He says, and you who were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Remember he said you don't walk there anymore. He says, following the course here, then he says that God has made you lie, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love which he has loved us, even when you were dead in your trespasses. You see, what he's saying is the wicked don't stand at the end because you walk, you walk there, very evidently where we walk and where we stand and where we sit. But he says the end is you're dead in your trespasses. But then listen, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And then listen to this. Remember in the first chapter there he said, and God, and he raised him from the dead, and then he seated him at the right hand of the Father. Listen, he says, and then he who made you alive in Christ Jesus, he says he has raised us up with him, and he has seated us with him. Oh my. Do we understand that's our position today? Spiritually, we are seated with him. Then it makes sense what the psalmist is saying. Will you sit? Or today are we seated with Jesus? Because then he goes on and he says, and therefore, because Christ Jesus, is cre- we are created new in him for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, not walk in the counsel of the wicked, rather walk in what God has for us in his life, in our lives, in his will. In chapter 4 he says, As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you, walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Walk worthy of the calling of God. Or verse 17, Now I pray that you no longer walk in the way you did previously, like the Gentiles. And so this idea... You see, the psalmist is written about walking, standing, sitting. And in the New Testament, it comes back and says, but you need to know where you're seated with Christ. And we must understand in the walking, you do not walk like you did before. There is a transformation. Behold, if any person is in Christ, he is transformed. The Greek word is metamorpho. We call it metamorphosis. That moment when a caterpillar enters into a cocoon and the process from entering as a caterpillar and emerging as a butterfly. 
He says, we are transformed. What we were, the old has passed away and we have become new. We are a new creation in Christ. Therefore, we walk differently. And then finally, he uses in the last chapter the word stand. Finally, strong in the Lord and the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God. Listen to this. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And if you go down to verse 13, therefore take the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil days. Done all, stand firm. And verse 14 again, stand firm. Oh my, where we sit, how we walk, where we walk, and how we stand. You see, God is concerned about that. And God, to help us know where we sit, He raises us up as we are converted, as we come to Him in faith, and He seats us with Christ. Wow. And then He helps us walk, not as we walked before, but we walk according to His calling, according to His plan, according to that love of Christ in us. And then we stand. It's not simple to stand. In 2022, it is difficult to stand. But he says, therefore, take the armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation. Protect your mind. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Protect your heart. Gird it all up with the belt of truth. Take the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. So I'm just going to close. Could I ask you just before we take communion. Could you just review for a moment this week where you've walked spiritually, where you've stood spiritually, and where you are seated spiritually. Because both the Old Testament and the New Testament tell us this is incredibly important for our relationship with God. God does not leave us alone. He seats us with Christ. He walks with us in life. And then he gives us his armor that we can stand. Let's pray. Father, thank you for each person who's here today. And it is amazing to me how these truths echo repetitively throughout your Bible. Lord, it just confirms to us again that you have inspired it and you use it to reveal to us more about yourself. And Lord, as we come now to celebrate communion, we thank you that you've left to us this remembrance, this thing that we do to remember you to remember what you have done, to, Lord, take our stance and, Lord, ultimately to acknowledge that we are seated with you. There is no other hope. There is no other way. But we thank you that you have given us these things to remind us, as your word says, that every time we do this, we declare your death until you come again. And Lord, help us as we go out this week to walk with you, to stand firmly with your armor, 
and to know that we are seated with you. In Jesus' name, amen.